Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Moments That Made Me with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. Today, I am joined by the absolutely incredible Emma Knowles. Emma is a clairvoyant, an intuitive hands-on healer, coach, and best-selling author of The Power of Crystal Healing, You Are a Rainbow, and The Life-Changing Power of Intuition. Now, Emma actually lives about 100 yards from me, which is so cool. And how the hell we haven't seen each other this whole lockdown is beyond me. But now you're back in my life. I'm not letting you go. Emma, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. And that was a lovely introduction. I'm going to just record that for myself. (laughs) How are you? Super good. Like, um, I mean, I must admit, it's been kind of up and down because there's been quite a lot of interesting energy should we say in, in lockdown so i cannot complain i've been you know busy and, and kind of having to change how we're working to kind of accommodate but yeah it's it's been eye-opening hasn't it what about you yeah i'm good i'm good do you know what I, again you know i had a good year i guess i was lucky but i like everyone i think we're just at this point now just bloody bored yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like I'm, I'm very positive i'm very grateful enough now yeah but it's like it's 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 prison isn't it it's prison and but for me what i realized is that for however many years i've been a hermit so i i've been yeah like full-time doing this now kind of three years I've been doing it 16 but for these three years like, i hadn't realized how much in the house i'd been because i work from home like all the time so i think that was a bit of nice prep work for um, coming out into lockdown but yeah now I'm like I realize it's too much you've been inside too much and it's time to get out totally totally oh just I just we all need more fresh air yeah 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 oh my god fresh energy and fresh air yes totally so Emma we're actually gonna kick straight in with your first defining moment. Oh, okay. My first defining moment, I think, would work would be turning my book down. <laughs> I Ooh. know, like, I basically, for years, was hearing, like, you're writing a book, you're writing a book. And I kind of had in, in mind what I knew the book was going to be. So when the publisher um, came to me and said, we're writing, like, we want you to do this book about crystals, you're up for it. I was like, no, that's kind of a little bit, I was a bit embarrassed because it'd been my kind of, guilty pleasure for so long and I felt like maybe I wasn't quite qualified enough it was a nervousness anyway so I turned it down 
um carried on doing kind of I was I had a day job by then I was working for a, a CEO so I was like doing eight till eight with him and then I'd work evenings and weekends and then six months later they came back and they said the writers called out do you want to do it we've got a month to do it and my gut just went, yeah, we'd do it. And I literally, I, I, I channeled the book in four days over two weekends. And then I handed my notice in and never looked back after those those four days. What? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So they approached you yes. with the Yeah, idea. yeah. Right, exactly. So then book two came along, like, whilst I was writing book three, which book three is, like, the book I've always wanted to write. But it was kind of like, you know, don't always get so hooked up. And, it, you know, we have these great ideas sometimes, don't we? Of kind of like, this is, this is the book I'm doing and that's it. And actually, right. there's other pieces of the puzzle that need to come in. And I was just being kind of, I think, anxious within myself about, you know, we always kind of fear when we work in this world, we would kind of something to get through, is it something to heal, is that fear of the work that we're doing. But I was kind of hiding away from that. But it, it being there and it coming back, I was like, that's the biggest sign. And I can't ignore that. Get over yourself, basically. Right. So, <laughs> interesting. So you had a bit of imposter syndrome with the crystal in the beginning. Because I get asked this a lot. Mm. So tell me about imposter syndrome and how you overcame that. Yeah, well, from, I mean, I found my kind of spiritual gifts kind of very young in a very kind of dramatic fashion at about kind of between the ages of 7 and 11. And it was never anything that we talked about in in the household. Effectively, my um, my grandfather had, had a, a nervous breakdown before we were born. My sister and I and, and had grabbed my grandmother by the throat and, and caught a nerve in her neck and put her to sleep. Um, and that had happened to my mum when she was twenty four. And uh, my grandfather came to visit in inverted commas me uh, when I was uh, I was about eleven at that point. And this amazing rush of energy, this feeling of like this man walking towards me but in my mind he's there and it's hearing all this stuff and then running into my mum going granddad kill granny granddad kill granny and her just being like what on earth are you on uh, but also looking like I've broken her heart like we're a really close four unit and I kind of she obviously it, it, she'd never talked about it to us we'd never spoken about it and she hadn't forgiven him for that and he was reaching out through me to heal that relationship and it took another two oh, years. Yeah, it took another two years for it to come out that he it, that had actually happened, and I wasn't actually what I thought, which was batshit crazy. But in that time, the damage was already done, and not. And I think it's part of the healing's journey is that you kind of have to lose sight of who you are in order to find it. I kind of really just wanted to try and be my sister, somebody who I, in my mind, had decided was really had everything easy on a plate, like was popular, was pretty, this, that, and the other, and you can't be somebody else and I kind of really like got quite depressed and quite an early age and learned how to hide away so then spent a lot of my life hiding away and hiding away in jobs where I was healing but doing that in a supporting fashion was never like the star of the show just because it kind of felt like if I could do that work in the background I didn't need somebody criticizing me or telling me I was wrong because that would crumble me and that's kind of where my imposter syndrome came from I spent a lot of time working through this energy of not being good enough and like a lot of the people coming at me had huge energy but there were mainly people who what do you mean coming at you you say that I work with a lot of people who um not all of them because I work with some brilliant people too but a lot of the harder experience for people with what I call an energy of that they wanted to feed their, their intention was to feed off other people's energy so they would they would surround themselves with people that they'd eat up and then spit out um, and you, when your energy is resonating at a certain pitch or frequency in your aura, you attract in those values. So if you're feeling rubbish, to put it lightly, or you're feeling not good enough, you will attract somebody who's going, I need someone who's not good enough to feed on. 
so there was all these kind of crazy synchronicities so just learn how to kind of hide for a very long time and then this kind of moment when I kind of started to break out with, with, with the books and things like that that all came at me like tenfold because I've been doing my healing but I'd go on Amazon and I'd read like the worst comment about me possible but there's only one in amongst like 50 and I'm like what are you doing so it just ha- you know you have to kind of lose yourself to find yourself and then to kind of break beyond that has been the most liberating thing because it's like actually I'm the only person that cared my parents never cared they're just more worried because they didn't know what to do with me and like with my friends well people just didn't understand and, and that was because I didn't understand who I was so if I couldn't present to them and say I'm Emma I'm a psychic I see I see dead people I move energy I do these things and feel confident in it I you know how could I expect them to be having that conversation with me so that was the kind of epitome of understanding that I think let's unpack all that <laughs> let's go back a bit and slow it down slightly so we can get to grips with this because for someone who might not know your whole background okay so you start at a young age having visions would you call them I like in spirits like I see this tracing paper in my mind so I could see people, I could see spirit, I can hear spirit, I can tell what people are feeling. And I used to get very concerned when at school, I'd be like, somebody's feeling like this, and they pretend that they're feeling the other. So it got very confusing. So very empathetic. That was probably how I described right. it. Right. And how do you remember the first kind of, or how old you were when this was started? Really around seven, I became very aware. But my mum and dad will tell you that I've had like imaginary friends. So I, I spent, I'm really comfortable. I was always very comfortable in my own company. Like I don't fear being on my own because I don't feel like I am on my own. But I didn't really know that. I always say if I like grew up in America, I'd probably be surrounded by more of this. I think in England, it we're kind of catching up. But we don't really celebrate it. We almost tell people, if you're different to the level of norm, suppress the hell out of that until you implode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you start seeing these visions and then you have this humongous revelation. Yes. That shocks the whole family. Yeah, and, and but not talked about. There's other things like my dad also had a daughter from another marriage and I knew about it. But all these things that in their defense they didn't want to tell us because they didn't want to affect us but I kind of needed that truth to kind of almost validate that I was not going loco so yeah <laughs> but you know you don't want to expose your child to to that you don't want to sort of say to you know she hadn't dealt with that since she was 24 and she was in her 40s by the time I'd kind of presented her with that so I don't blame her for that if anything I like to think myself I'm a bit of a psychic skeptic because I really now challenge everything because you know people do read some stuff but equal the ego can really get in the way so I think it's really important when you're reading for people or you're working with energy work that you're constantly saying to spirit you're constantly challenging going is that what I'm seeing why am I seeing that because you can sometimes when you're looking into other people's lives you're looking at it through your lens and you've got to really kind of get your head around someone else's perspective which takes a lot of time to learn I think of course so when you when you found out about your grandfather and um about how did you could you differentiate between you Emma the child Mm -hmm. and you Emma the clairvoyant healer whatever you want to call it could you separate those two or did you feel like it was like, how did you cope with that? When I was kind of just being myself and all those things are who I am. So like the clairvoyant Emma and the healer Emma, they are all the Emma. 
when I was mm. just in that space, the happiest little person you could have met, the minute somebody sort of looks at you and goes, that's wrong, you you fall into this slightly queer category, which people just go bury that and don't deal with it. And so and then you start looking at yourself going, well, that part of me is wrong. And, and the more you turn spirit down, the louder it gets. So the more I try to turn it down, the louder it gets. And I just felt like I was I was somewhat losing sense of reality and that's quite a lot at a very young age like yeah. a lot but I've never felt like young I've always felt quite old for my age um right so there was a level of knowing that I was going to be okay um but there was also this kind of level of like just because everybody said it was wrong I just therefore assumed that I was wrong and then that was that level of accept so I set the bar of myself quite low and then that kind of rolls on in all your relationships, doesn't it? And you, you disbelieve everything you're feeling, not just in the psychic level, in terms of every human emotion you're having becomes the, the level of doubt there. Would you say then in terms of what you were saying earlier, that that kind of change and you started to really embrace your incredible sort of power and when you wrote the book I feel like that when I found the energy work, it gave me a really safe space to go. It's, it doesn't matter I think this is about 21. It doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks I am. As long as I know who I am, then that's fine. And I, I had to go on that healing path because I don't believe until you've healed yourself, you you should be looking at healing other people. So that's why that like I've yeah. been doing that for 16 years. But I think when the book came out, the conversation changed. So it went from being like my friends all being like, oh, she's a bit kooky. She likes a bit, you know, she's a bit woo woo to being people starting to take you a bit more seriously but by that time I'd already started taking myself a bit more seriously but now there was faced with this level of now there's these whole strangers is going out into this marketplace and feeling like actually the spirits put me here for a reason and I can't fear that I have to break this is giving me the opportunity to break that fear that in half and then chuck it in the bin <laughs> that's yeah. what that that did for me it was like you're not an imposter 20 years of feeling kind of battling with that so that I can help other people battle with that because you know and I've had quite a full life so I've dealt with kind of personal traumas um my first boyfriend god bless him he passed away um in a car crash my um oh my best friend yeah he he passed away like whilst he was texting me you, t- you, you realize that you know what? I've gotten this affinity his heart just stopped but like, you're drawn people are drawn to you to do their healing and even if that's on a level of I've broken up with my boyfriend or right through to now working with someone when they're like you know they're leaving the earth I get to work that whole scope so I'm really in, instead of kind of going life's kind of handing me a real crap deck of cards here I actually feel quite proud of myself now to go, actually, I turn that around and I've, I've, I've turned it into something really useful for other people. Sometimes I don't sit enough and go, you know, you've done a really good job and give myself that kind of credit because I think that's this work, isn't it? It's it's you're forever healing and shifting and evolving. And and if I were to get into a place where I'm like, I'm absolutely fantastic, I'd be yeah. a little bit worried about myself because I'd be falling more into the ego um, and less into that kind of that nurturing role. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Oh my goodness. Sorry, I'm rattling on at you, aren't I? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just like, wow, could you kind of drop in these huge moments? And I'm like, oh, 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 wait, what happened? But then, you know, I did a lot of that dealing with that on my own. And that's something mm-hmm. like you, I've become quite used to. So people talk to me about my grandparents, like, oh, do you want to talk about it? I'm like, 
yeah, I feel like my grandparents made the ultimate spiritual sacrifice for me. They made a, you know, I do believe you make terms and conditions before you come down here. And they, in order for them to kind of do that and to tear my mother's world apart, it led me into doing what I'm doing. But what an incredible sacrifice for a soul to make so that I could do that in this world. And, and, and and that built my foundation and do you feel that inevitably because of the work that you do were you able to deal with the grief I say better mm. inverted commas I mean how do you deal with grief yeah. everybody has their own absolutely so traumatic but do you feel that because of your connection with the spiritual world it was an, an easier I don't I say that tentatively experience for you yes I don't have a fear of death. I don't fear big things. It's more small things that terrify me sometimes. Like um, more of the human stuff scares me, like maybe going into a group of people that I don't know. Like that's sometimes a bit more scary for me because it's a little bit overwhelming on the energy. But if I'm talking about spirit and I know that for me, I, I feel where we go and I feel how the energy moves. I've never felt scared of, of, of death. I've never felt scared of those. And even from a very young age like I've always kind of that that door was so open and that's just a knowing within me I couldn't tell you where that came from it's not something I've learned it's just that I just always have this I know when it's it's okay so when your boyfriend passed and your Hmm. friend how did you feel then so connected they're all my books are dedicated to three well my grandparents always but to Chris to Tom and to the very first lady actually worked with while she was flying over to the other side of cancer I, I Chris and I had my 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 boyfriend who was my we'd broken up and I always thought we'd be friends and we had a bit of a, a, a rocky road but when he flew he he passed like the week before my birthday so that was kind of interesting in himself and he was buried the day before my birthday and then just walked along the river pretty much where we are now just along the road from you and he said I know I didn't like in spirit he kind of came in my head going I know I didn't treat you well and and I'm going to make up for that so I really feel like they've been my amazing cheerleading squad up there working really hard for me so I think we had better communication in this space than ever before that is so Mm. beautiful Mm. so with somebody that's listening because and even me actually I don't know much about the spirit world Mm. I've never spoken to a clairvoyant or you know and and I'm fascinated I think it's so incredible I think I do I really do believe that there is there are so many frequencies and we as humans only tap it you know as conscious now we only tap into one of those frequencies it's like a radio station right and you Uh, Absolutely. and you reach that and some people are able to tap into other frequencies so for you like how does it work do you have to tap into that space or does it just come to you and when you work with clients how does that work yeah. give us give me a lesson <laughs> so I think we all we all we're all capable of it, which is what this kind of the new books about intuition is is we're all capable of like you said dialing into those different frequencies if anything we're more scared because like the society has taught us that if we're if there was anything other than what we could see it's gonna be really scary because I think that's a level of control which is like actually if you deserve if you if you believe that you deserve more you're gonna go out and get it and that then kind of Mm. muddles up some kind of human bigger life plans but for me I can't turn it off Becky's always saying to me like why can't you come out why can't you come and drink can you do that and I'm like because it's not a job where I can go I can put that down like my sister's in PR and I'm like you never even put down your PR like that's your skill set 
So it's it's I've spent I spent a whole year and you'll love this. I spent a whole year with a, a guy who used to work in the Secret Service, um, and he'd done a load of stuff with them, a lot of Cherokee teachers. And every Sunday for a year, I'd go into the woods with him in Wimbledon and learn how to call in the elements and therefore like learn how to kind of dial my energy down when I go into more kind of big open spaces. I didn't go out for a year. I literally reached this point where I was like, I don't know what's mine. I don't know what's anybody else's anymore. Like, I don't like my boundaries were completely blurry. But that came from the point when, um, you know, with my grandparents, it's like when you're told you're wrong, you trust everybody else to build your boundaries. So it was it was a lot of kind of going back to the start and going right this is this is who I am this is what I do and needing to kind of learn how to feel safe in amongst other human beings rather than safe with spirit doesn't that sound crazy now I've said it I feel that sounds crazy but it's true it's like actually when you're really open which lots of people are and they don't realize you become like this huge sponge for other people's energy for other people's emotions and you have to firstly become really responsible for your own energy and then also really responsible for how other people's energy starts to interact with yours so you know it's a fascinating thing opening up and I remember like the first energy healing I ever had I was just like I felt alive for the first time because I felt like I'd switched onto that frequency rather than on that autopilot which a lot you know we spend a lot of our life just flying down and I feel like you know with spirit we're all connected to one great big source of energy and that's why we can feel what other people are feeling that's why we can tap into kind of other people's emotions that's why we can have these big kind of massive moments of huge intuition because in those moments where we're not thinking about it or we're most relaxed we, we dial into that because that is our natural setting we've almost been set to the wrong setting through kind of conditioning to be told that this is enough for you and this is all that you're ever going to want and we're in a huge period of shift right now where people are saying I want more for my life and, and I can manifest exactly like you're doing you're teaching people how to to tap into that and put into that through your own experience and you can do that in the same with healing you can do that in the same with bringing people into your life bringing situations into your life anything you want by tapping into a variant of frequencies whether that's spirit energy whether that's the energy of the earth the energy of you know I don't, you know the moon so many different powers and that can also be quite overwhelming for people so it's about starting small and starting with your energy and where you want that to go oh i love yeah. that <laughs> I think that's so good and you know what i think when I heard you just say just now, you talked about how um, we take on other people's energies. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and I think that that is something that people sort of ignore. Yes. And so often I will find that even I personally will feel myself feeling really fearful or insecure or something. And then I have to literally acknowledge that this is, it's not my fear. It's not my insecurity. It's not my pain. It's someone else's that I'm choosing. I'm making a choice to take that on as my own. And now I have to make a choice not to. Exactly. So I I really think that everybody listening can, will be able to relate to a time or, or multiple times where they actually consciously or unconsciously and actually more often it's unconsciously, isn't it? That they're actually, they're around somebody and they're taking on their pain and making it their own. Absolutely. And that's why I say well, my whole mantra sometimes is what's mine, what's everybody else's. So before I start a day's healing, I'll feel like the people that are coming in. And it took me a long time to realize that actually I'm in a good place, but I'm feeling what they're coming in with. And then I was like, bloody hell, like, excuse me, when you're walking down the street, 
even if you're not, if business isn't what you do for a living, we're all the same. We're all, we've all got the same. We can all run. We can all tune in. We can all do these, these things with our, our being, but no one teaches us at school to say, protect your energy and protect doesn't mean like shut people out. It just means make your energy really strong so that when you feel someone else's energy coming into that space, if it feels off and it feels too heavy for you to carry, you can lovingly remove yourself without you feeling like you're cutting people out because that's what starts happening. People ghost people, people just shut people out. And that then sends yeah. this whole other spiral. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Vernon Kay. And I'm Holly Mackay. And we're here to tell you about our brand new podcast, Parenting Past the Pandemic, brought to you by Aviva. Yes, we're going to be delving into a whole heap of parenting topics from the generational gap to online safety. And some of the big topics which have come up through the pandemic, such as helping to manage our kids' anxieties and how we can affect the world they'll grow into. Parenting Past the Pandemic. Find it wherever you found this podcast. Let's go on to your second defining moment. Oh, second defining moment. Right, that would be Dolly Knowles. That would be probably, actually, Dolly was pretty defining because I don't mind talking about this, but this might be a bit kind of for other people. I had to have a, um, a termination when I was in my 20s, which went against everything that I stand for at that time. And it was a, it was a, really messy uh, moment because the procedure didn't go well actually some cells started to reattach themselves and I just oh felt like goodness. the world's worst person on, on various levels and um, so that was that was huge for me to deal with because I felt that you know I'm all about supporting life and here I am in this kind of this predicament and now I'm, I felt like maybe I'm being punished because I've done it and everything's going wrong but then I realized actually again here's a huge experience for you to go and and, and work with girls who don't know how to handle those situations and, and know the effects on your energy. And for a long time, I carried that in, in my women. I think I really punished myself uh, with, with even when I was doing work for people, I'd give over all my kind of power um, up until super recently. I've been doing some work on that space. And 
I was like, oh, I kind of feel like somebody said to me, you know, you should pray on your on your kind of belly, your womb. Um, she didn't even know that I that I'd experienced that how many years before. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's a great idea because you can give all that advice out when you're in that space, but doing it for yourself is difficult sometimes, isn't it? And literally all of lockdown, I mean, like I'm going to get a puppy and can never find the right one. I was like, I won't force it, but like you say, it's like I'll set the intention. It's there. And I prayed on my belly and then the next day someone offered to give me some healing. We did the healing. And then um, the lovely girl that works with my sister, Danny, I was like, Dad, I might get a cat, Danny. And she was like, oh, no, let's go on the website where I got my cat from. I don't think you'll get a cat. And she went on the page and there was this puppy. She said, there's three bitches here. You can pick her up tomorrow. So the minute I did the healing on my belly, I heard her name. I was like, I'm going to call her Dolly, which means God's gift. And I didn't realize that. And I, it was just all this effortless manifestation of kind of going, right. I knew that I'd healed that space. And I didn't have to resent myself for that. And that actually I was stopping myself fully loving by sometimes throwing myself into kind of putting my love into all my work rather than putting it back into my personal life. So that's been a huge thing for me this year is kind of like not carrying guilt oh my god massively I'm yeah. so this is like such a huge mm. moment for you to have shared and mm. firstly thank you so much well, thanks for holding that space because I wouldn't normally share that I was just like that's no <laughs> thank you thank yeah. you so so much Pleasure. and you know what I think I'm so glad you brought this up because uh shame I think is is so underspoken about mm-hmm. um but shame is is such low vibe and when we hold shame I think many of us will hold shame you know from experiences that we may have had even as children as adolescents whatever it is and we totally internalize it because shame is so overpowering that we we don't even want to feel it so we just internalize it let it go deep inside us um and I think what we do with shame is we punish ourselves absolutely by rejecting joy absolutely yes it is and I really like one of the biggest things I did this year was understand I was carrying shame and Mm -hmm. I was rejecting any pleasure Mm -hmm. um, for so long even from every angle and and healing that shame was it's it's very complex very complex you can go into the target of it but then sometimes it takes you back even beyond this lifetime and it's kind of like the the trigger is it's like it, it's just getting into it, it sings through your aura then that shame exactly like you're saying like you you then that's exactly what I was saying earlier about like I was having all these people coming at me going I need your energy to feed off because I was so kind of ashamed of of that or what I'd been through and and quiet about it that you you resonates through your aura and your aura is like this great big satellite signal and it's like a bat frequency that you're sending out, just all this kind of resonating with it, which is why sometimes when I'm working with women, they're like, I've done all my healing work, but I'm still attracting crap relationships. I'm like, because there's something fine-tuned in your aura, in your beliefs, in your value that still says, I need to give all my power over. So it's it's these micro things within this huge solar system of just you individually, then walking through these huge solar systems of every single person that you meet. It's incredible. And then you're right. I think shame collects, though, doesn't it? It gathers. It gathers. Oh, shame yeah. And we don't talk about our shame, but we'll sit mm. in our shame. 
It's so true. And you're right. Look, look at what happened. The minute you healed it, manifested. But honest to God, I wouldn't sort of say I, that's not something I've ever publicly talked about. So I appreciate you for holding that space and sort of yeah. I know it came out quite quickly but it's not something but for a very long time I did feel like you know how dare you kind of do this work when you've done that you know it's 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 incredible what we have to go through or what the mind can do to keep us in, in this very small box that we just are too big for oh yeah. yeah I always have been saying recently if our mind is that powerful to hold us back we have to also oh. acknowledge that powerful yes. forward we yeah. have to make a choice yes absolutely which way we allow it to direct us quickly yes what's an aura oh an aura oh, is amazing so we've got chakras so we've got the seven chakras that run through the body and we've all got them straight from the the crown right through the third eye the throat the heart the, the, the belly to the solar plexus the sacrum the base those have a particular color and we've all shared that color that does not change throughout life your aura is like your own personal mood ring. So it's this kind of great big seven layers and then more of energy. So it's like your, I always say, like think about the universe, like the earth has got all these layers before you get to the earth's core. And because we can feel that, we go, that's exactly what that is. When we look at the universe, we kind of sometimes go, well, it must just be as small as we can see, but it's bigger. And our aura is like our own universe around the earth that is our body. But it, it's the energy that comes from the values, the beliefs, the feelings that you have that you kind of gather and the color of it changes every single day based on your mood, your experience. But you can equally exactly like you're saying, like you can change your mind if you can like rescope your mind. You can also do the same with your energy. So if your vibe is kind of feeling flat or low, you can change that vibe just by the things you eat, the clothes you wear, the thoughts you think. And then you can emit a completely different signal. Because if you'd met me, I don't know, 18 years ago, you'd been like, this is not the same person. Even probably like 10 years ago. It's that work, like knowing that you have to be accountable and responsible. Not every day, but to start with, it has to be a bit of a daily process, which is why I think journaling is becoming so popular now for really finding their voice. You then over time, just you can do it like once a month or it's just about honing back in on, What's my values? What are my beliefs? And and how is my energy feeling? And your aura is just, it's its magnificent and <laughs> splendid. And like teaching people how to see that is just so much fun for me because we all see and we all feel in different ways. And that's why I think crystals are so important because we all pick crystals, we all use crystals in different ways. And that's brilliant. And, and But what we keep being told is you have to use them like this. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like you can be very prescriptive about crystals, but what you're drawn, drawn to and why you're drawn to it it's all about the unique experience it's the same with your aura it's all about your experience unique and we're taught that that's really selfish to be so sort of self-involved but it's not if you're being self-involved for the betterment of everyone else around you then that's really powerful oh i love that preach that's, a, that's such a great you're being self-absorbed for the betterment of the people around you yeah oh I yeah but you know people like they're so selfish yeah, you can be selfish but like selfish is self-care sometimes we just need to find a better yeah. word for oh it god, i'm so with you on that mm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like oh my god i'm obsessed with you okay so would, let's go through your third defining moment third defining moment would be leaving my job i really like feel like 
that was just insane how supported I was by the university. I think that really ties into the work that you're doing so beautifully is that I'd always been told at school that I was rubbish at writing and everyone laughs at my handwriting and my spelling. So in my mind, I was like, I'm, I'm not a writer, but I really secretly love to write. Like I just scroll and, and channel and just doodle in books and let spirit kind of move through. Um, so when I wrote those, those, those that book and I got the most amazing feedback from my publisher and they were like, we're already 90% there. I was like, wow. And then I walked into my office and my boss and I had an amazing relationship. I really feel like he, if I'd gone into this work without having those other jobs, I would have not like had the grounding practice that I really needed but going in that day and he was just awful he was so rude to me and I say that to him even now and I just literally walked around the HR director and went I'm I'm leaving and she was like no 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 and I was like my gut was just so strong and I just walked into the office too I didn't even have a I hadn't even gone home and talked to anybody in the family about it I just said I just think it's time for me to leave and he said how can I support you and that for me was amazing because this is the guy that used to be like, why have you got rocks on your desk? Like you used to find it really funny. But now it's like, here I have, I put seven years of hard work in here. Haven't let the fact that I'm doing this other work kind of that I, I'm really passionate about affect this work. And now here's not only spirit supporting me, now all these incredible human beings that I've supported are turning around going, how can I help you? And they were incredible. That was incredible for me. Like the support that I had back that I never thought I was going to get. Mm, incredible. That's so beautiful. One of my steps in my seven step guide to manifesting is overcome tests from the universe. And essentially that is, I mean, there's, there's so much to it, but it's, a part of it is never settling, never settling for what is in your worth. And I think that for you was just so, that was just like textbook, overcome a set from the universe, a test from the universe, mm-hmm. um, step into alignment. And go with it. That's the hard this bit isn't it That's yeah the, it's like when you're working with people and they're like it's the same thing with the relationship they're so terrified to leave what they're behind what's behind them all that's comfortable but it's like you know if you, 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 you'll never know if you don't go there's that's there's a song lyric that says you'll never shine if you don't glow and I love it because it's like you've got to just keep dialing that up if you don't turn that dial up you're kind of making yourself low and 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 dimming your own light and then you start blaming other people for that all around you but the minute you take back that power and you go it's my light but I also share that with spirit and I'm not going to fail because there's that blind faith but I feel it you can't go wrong oh my god I love that so when clients come to you what because I guess you seem you there's so much that you do because there is there's energy healing and then Mm -hmm. Do people come, I, I always get asked sort of about psychics. Is that, is is psychic something that you identify as or tell Yeah, me? definitely. I think there's many a word for it. I kind of like the clairvoyant like label because I think it just, yeah, it, I it's, like it. it's just, psychic kind of feels like the future set in stone. And I always say to people, mm. the reason I do my energy work with a reading, so is because I almost move people into this space, where I do move people into a space where, they're out of it they're in that kind of healing space and then I'm seeing these films so it's where they've been where they're going what's coming and that gives me an opportunity to challenge that like I said like it's like what do we need to get rid of energetically what do we need to bring up and when you bring someone back from that space where they've not been sat opposite you or they're not and you're not getting tells from them there's a lot I feel I always felt much more empowered in that space because they they couldn't find anything to be skeptical about. Now I do do phone reads. I do do more kind of spiritual coaching with it now because I think when you give a reading for someone, what you're saying is this is where you're headed, and this is what spirit's showing where you're headed. But the fundamental thing that I think people miss a lot is is that 
you also have a choice to change that. So if someone reads for you and you don't like what they say, that is just you getting some feedback from the universe for you to say, okay, I, I decide not to take that. I decide that I want to change that. And that is the bit that sometimes we miss. We we kind of go, that's it, set in stone. And then we get terrified of it. When actually it's like, don't like the sound of that. I'm going to change it. That's how we should use that. We should use it as a feedback tool rather than a, a defining path. Yes, I love that. Mm. I think that's true. And I think, look, with everything that we experience and face, we don't have to, or any anyone's opinion, whether that is a healer or a clairvoyant or a therapist yep. or a counselor or a doctor we always have the choice of how we receive that mm-hmm. information and what we do with it but also like how does it make you feel if it feels off when you hear it then you're you're just gearing up your own tools to be like no I don't agree with that you're giving yourself a space to be like no no yeah, exactly. <laughs> or also go yeah I really like how that feels in my body then that's a great big yes and that's the thing that everybody is their own guru right it's just about giving people the confidence to know that their body can be the receptor and, and the feeler for kind of being, you know, I always think it like, you know, like the board game operation where you put the little kind of yeah. bit and you pull the bits out. I think intuition is like that. If you're pulling at something that you're not meant to, the vibration will go off and you'll feel it. Yeah. But we've got to really come, the coming back into the body is a huge part of kind of all the work that we're doing because if you don't believe in yourself, I guess even when with the manifestation work, it's like, how can you pull that back to somebody that you don't believe in? You can send it out, but like bring it back in, you're going to make it a bit harder on yourself. And it's the same with healing. If you kind of don't believe that you can overcome something to an extent, you slow that kind of process down. It's not unachievable, but it slows it down. So the belief in yourself is what's key. I've completely gone off tangent, have I? I'm doing oh, how no, I got 100%. here. <laughs> no, I completely agree. It's funny. I do. I noticed that I've been, I haven't, I saw, I had a tarot reading. I had a tarot reading on Christmas and I was feeling a bit, um, it was, I was not in the headspace. I right. just had a call with someone that I, had, I felt was feeling really frustrated. And I was basically about to do this project, but something didn't feel right. And I knew it wasn't right, but I wanted, the, I wanted this tarot reader who was wonderful, but I wanted her to be like, it's all going to work out perfectly. <laughs> and so it was kind of like I was desperately seeking her to be like, you're going to be a massive success. This thing that you're going to do is going to be incredible. And I think it's it's actually often when we do go and see people to, you know, look ahead, look at the times where you are searching for them mm-hmm. to validate your own fears, exactly. validate, because that actually, that was just a sign to me to really go, God, I'm so desperate for her to tell me that this is going to work, that probably I intuitively know it's not. Right, exactly. And actually, I then did step away from it and it was the best decision I ever made. Amazing. And and I totally, again, overcame a test from the universe. But yeah, so I think, I don't even know. I feel like I'm talking in tangents as well. No, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Podcasts, no, I love that. <laughs> like, We're opening up a whole cool space. <laughs> I used to have a reading. Like, I might read. I, the biggest thing I learned is that I have to read for myself. And but, and then everyone's like, who reads for you? I'm like, no, I have to read for my. I, I, I can't read for people. I'm not going to apply that to myself. And I'm like, the most, you know, like, and sometimes I still get a bit of stage fright when I'm going because it's really important to people, you know, and I really want to get it right, but not right as in tell you what you want to hear. I had a client here once and I was, I was reading for her and I didn't say a thing she wanted to hear and she she left without saying a word. And I was like, that little girl at school who was just terrified of not being liked was just like, 
calm, I was just calming her down, it's fine, it's fine, this is something you've got to understand, is that, you know, it's not always going to be what we want, like, and actually what we need is always far better than what we think we want anyway. Yes, exactly. We just, it's about being open to seeing that. Oh my God, that bloody yeah. fear yeah. of being like, that bloody well. fear, false events appearing real, false oh events appearing real, like, no matter how many times you say it. I always think fear is quite useful, though, because exactly like you were saying, like, you knew in your body that you didn't. The very fact that you were feeling mm. blah and off-center meant that it's not right. Sometimes when we feel like blah, it means that something bad's coming. Actually, it's like, in that moment, how does that feel in the body? That's what we should always ask. It's like, if I'm feeling off, then it is. But it doesn't mean it's off, it's a disaster. It might just mean it's a redirect. So don't just kind of let yourself spiral into this. Everything's out of my control. It's like, okay, let's push a little bit deeper as to what that is rather than why it is. Exactly. Mm. Oh, sign me up. (laughs) Sign me the F up. I'm there. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm like, tell me everything. I'm like, I'm like, I know what you said, but also tell me I'm going to be really successful. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing with it is, it's, like it's working with people going, all right, what's holding you back? And let's shift it. And healing's not easy work always. Sometimes it's brilliant and fun. That's why people fall into crystals so quickly because they're like, oh, it's amazing. I feel great. And then all of a sudden in comes this bit where you're like, oh God, I feel crap. And you're like, yeah, that's a good feeling because you, you've got to purge deeper. It can't all be on the surface level. Like healing takes you to depths that you have ignored or that you haven't touched into but if you do it with an open mind you're going to get through it a lot quicker than if you keep ignoring it your whole life totally yeah I I completely agree and I think it is really important to acknowledge on any healing journey on any self-development journey it isn't it isn't one way up you know there's up and then a bit of down a bit of up and a bit of down and but every time you fall down you're still in a better place than you were the last time you're still stronger you're still more resilient and it's always it's always progress uh it's always in a directional movement or forwards even if Mm. that feels like you're going backwards the best bit of advice I was ever given beyond the point someone said to me you're not here to win a popularity contest I love that the second thing she said to me was when you go, when you are feeling low, go as low as you can because you'll bounce back up quicker. Oh my God, yes. And that's why I think doing healing work with people is so important because you hold that space for them to, because part of, of the fear of kind of feeling low is that you're going lower. But if you go, okay, yes. you know what? I'm going to surrender to that that feeling. Obviously, there's occasions where that that's not like a safe play, but you kind of leech into something else. Go hold that space with me so that I can go to that depth and so I can come up quicker. Yes. Mm. Yes. Oh my God. Mm. Okay. <laughs> you are so amazing. I literally feel like there's so much, that's such a so much time. for people to take from this. But I have ten questions for you before you go. Number one. Your most memorable book. Oh, 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 yes. Many Lives, Many Masters. Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. It's all about past life regression. He's a hypnotherapist and he accidentally takes this girl into past life regression. And it helps her explain and heal a lot of relationship trauma within her family but based on the past lives that she's had with them. Game changer for me, that book. Your favourite quote? I like really like, and I was hearing it maybe two minutes ago, it's, it's, it's Michelle Obama, she says, when they go low, we go high. I really like that. Mm, wait, explain that to me. So when they go low, when someone comes at you and they're kind of like picking and poking at you and trying to bring you down, take the high mm. road. We don't join them. We don't go low with them. We go up and we just carry oh, on regardless. Yeah, yeah. Your most influential mentor? Oh, it's spirit. 
which sounds kind of crazy, but spirit definitely because spirit brings me all the other people in and not going clinging to a mentor is really important because the mentor is just spirit communicating back to you a part of yourself that you need to hear right then your go-to feel-good film oh god I love that <laughs> the funny thing with me is is that I really like um quite quite horror films <laughs> to get out to the other side of the extreme because the work can be quite fluffy and out of here so I all I I go to films like even if it's like an Air Force One kind of kind of cheesy kind of thing, or I'll go into something like Hannibal Lecter, you know. Oh, but, yeah. Gosh. So that actually makes me feel better sometimes because it kind of just grounds me more. It's mad, yeah. I know. I like that. You do you? Through. Yeah, right. So I don't know. I could be like Dirty Dancing, but I'm going to be honest. Silence of the Lambs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely brilliant I feel like that is honestly so funny like like, I couldn't sit through a film like that if you paid me oh really yeah yeah but that to me I'm like you're obviously do you know what you've experienced you experienced the spirit world you have nothing to be you're like this is I don't think I couldn't watch it. Was that Daniel Radcliffe film with the with the the woman who is it Woman in Black that terrifies me because I think that can actually happen like paranormal activity things like that I'm a little bit more tensitive with. Oh my god, really? Yeah, it's scary. Oh my god, a moment where you felt most proud. Uh, I feel standing on the book like on Penguin doorstep, like with a book written about crystals when my dad had said to me many moons before, going, "You'll never make any money playing with rocks." <laughs> I felt really proud slash smug. Uh, yes, yeah, I felt really, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. A song that cheers you up. I really like "Up and Up" by Coldplay, but like I feel like anything by um, Lady Gaga sometimes just really. I'm a real muse, so I flip between anything from the sixties and the seventies. So I think music, like, there's a lot of emotion in me. So if I'm feeling low, like, I have to be careful not to listen to a, a, a song that's sad because I think it sends you lower. So I think like yeah. the vibration frequency music is so important. But up and up, I think by Coldplay is a good one. Top tip for dealing with stress: ground yourself. Like the minute we become one of the main reasons we become stressed is because we're too busy trying to fear that time's running too quickly, or we're trying to get to five minutes ahead when we need to remain in the moment where we are so always say to people stamp your feet on the ground whether you're standing up or you're sat in a chair feel your feet on the ground let the breath come back into the body visualize roots or visualize shoelaces tying your feet to the ground and allow yourself just to be in that space even if it's for 30 seconds even just hearing you say it feels nice ground and ground first person you call to share good news oh probably becky my sister we're so so different but like it's just all worked out like beautifully like she does some amazing we get to work together we get to live together so yeah if not that definitely my mum and my dad so the family family always yeah oh yeah love you guys oh. emma you've been honestly the most I've had so much fun i had so much fun you're great i <laughs> love this you. thank you for holding such a beautiful safe space i love that oh that's much. such a the kind thing to say it's a talent um, you've got thank you <laughs> thank you so much pleasure
Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.